0: All right. We are live. Um, what's up everybody here in Thailand? Um, yeah, we're just going to jump in. I, I put out a poll in the masculine underground group on what people want to talk about. I figured I'd pick two and you know, most of the things uh, that were suggested or asked about, uh, were sexual in nature, um, except for the one that everyone voted the, the most for, which is life direction. And I was like, oh, well, life direction kind of has nothing to do with the sex stuff. So, maybe I'll just make this about the sexual questions and then and talk about life direction next time. But I just got off a call with someone, a coaching call with someone. And uh, I'm realizing that they, there are some principles that tie them together. So I kind of want to, I'm going to speak about them each. I'm going to try to keep this to under an hour. So I might leave some topics for next week. We'll see. Um, if you are watching this live, of course, uh, feel free to chime in, ask your questions, happy to go on tangents, whatnot. Um, Quickly think. Do I have any announcements? Um, no, I don't. Maybe, maybe I'll remember something as we go. Uh, cool. So, uh, topic life direction a couple of people have asked me about this in the last couple weeks, and um, it's something I've been pondering a lot because I don't know if, if you're Facebook friends with me, you may have saw it, I posted like a kind of silly video. Not so old, the concept was if I basically dug a fire pit in my backyard. was basically digging a hole for two and a half hours at Facebook live, the whole thing. Um, it was like kind of awkward at first. I was like, ah, I have nothing in a lot. I don't really have a lot to say. And people are literally just going to watch me dig a hole. It was kind of fun doing it. And and then I was thinking like, um, this is all to say that having concentrated work was so healing to me. And you know, when people ask me, especially younger guys or people who just quit a career of some sort or, you know, finding your passion, that kind of thing, a lot of us into personal development, reach a point where we're like trying to figure out what we really want to do in life and but finding out what that thing is can be really really challenging and i, pro- I might make another video on this like on, on a, a wider scale because i kind of prepared to speak about the sex stuff um, today but there's two things that i've been suggesting to people that really help um the first thing's related to the the digging the whole thing which is welcoming the void i mean this is one of the things where i'm not going to go too deep on a rant on social about social media and like media but like this is something i talk about in the archetype class and and a lot of things which is um your attention is your raw material right to put it in like you know mystical terms if you want like attention is the prima materia it's like the raw material for creating anything right and then you know this is just maybe a poetic way to put it but obviously to do anything of quality you need to have that attention and one of the issues with um the modern era is that we have these devices that are constantly pinging us people constantly reaching out to us notifications you know um i'm not going to regurgitate cal newport stuff obviously i've been talking about him uh, a lot lately uh maybe too much um but you know uh, social media in our phones and everything's engineered to get us addicted you've heard this before i'm not going to repeat stuff again but like when you're thinking about your life direction a lot of the guys i know who are lost are constantly posting about it on their fa- on Facebook and like they're constantly checking their feed. It's like you're not going to hear the voice of your intuition if you're letting external things suck up your attention. It's just not going to happen. If you're checking your Facebook feed, that's like you can think of it as like you know you have only so much attention in your bank account. When you check your social media feed, when you when you have your 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 message notifications on, so if your phone is dinging and whatnot. You're letting you're letting someone drain your bank account, and if you don't have a surplus of that, you can't possibly create anything. That's just how it goes. Um, no one's ever been able to come up with a great idea while they were letting their their attention being sucked up by advertising and notifications, responding to messages. You don't have to respond to messages. Uh, you don't have to have your phone on, you know, all the time. And you know, it's unfortunate if you're in a day job where you have to do that. That's one of the biggest reasons why I could not stay in one. And anyway going back to life direction, that's one thing is welcoming the void, something we focus a lot in the archetype class, because I think there's something inherently masculine to it as well of like, what's funny, actually, and the reason why I brought up the, the, the digging the whole thing is that um, obviously, no one spent two and a half hours watching me. I mean, most of the time, there's like, you know, not a lot of people were watching at the time, most people just like check. And then the last couple of days, people have been saying, like, Oh, hey, I saw you digging a hole on the internet. I mean, that's as far as it went then I had, a, I had a dinner with my buddy, Jordan, um, who, who teaches for Arza Murata. And he was saying, like, I didn't watch a lot of the video. He didn't watch a lot of the video, obviously. But it was kind of inspiring. Like, kind of made him want to dig a hole, too. Or it kind of made him want to do something. Like, just that, to, to act with your hands by yourself and do your work with full focus was in itself kind of inspiring, which like, made me very happy that I did this silly thing on the Internet. Um, but I think it's so true. And, like, every time in my life where I've found clarity... And then got the next big idea for something. It came from being in a void, like the, even even like creating this, this 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 very Facebook group where I'm, uh, and you know, and the courses that have attached to it, which was kind of like, to be honest, it was kind of like a resurgence of my career. Uh, it came from when I first came out to Asia. I was in Bali. I didn't really know what to do. Um, you know, I had some coaching clients, but you know, everything was kind of medium, right? Everything was kind of mediocre, and. I was like, I don't know what my next thing is. The only thing I know for sure, and this relates to the second point with life direction, the only thing I know for sure that feels good to my body is working out. I'm just going to work out. I'm just going to prioritize working out and and, and see what happens. And I spent almost a month where my main focus, like my day was kind of scheduled around my gym schedule, which, you know, wasn't particularly intense. I did get particularly fit. But um, having, like, just this simple, like, work with my hands feeling put me so in my body that after a couple of weeks i got this idea to make the arousal control course and i got all these i had this like creative surge that could only happen by welcoming this void where i wasn't i was basically letting my mind rest and like my creative juices recharge and those those voices come because i don't think you know i don't think there's any system to coming up with your life passion i mean it, it's it's you need to welcome the void anyway um and the last little plug i know i suck his dick too much cal newport but you know he talks about um any one of his books is deep work and you know one of the one thing i'm going to say he, he says it a lot which is uh follow your passion is bad advice I mean, most people don't know what their passion is which is the issue like if you have no direct like if you're struggling with life direction for the i don't know 12 or 15 people who voted for this topic um if you knew what your passion was, you wouldn't have this issue. What, what he suggests is that you focus on cultivating a skill, because when you get good at something, that in itself is fun. And, and that's great. And that's true. I mean, this is something, you know, another thing we talk about in the archetype class is the winner effect. Um, something I think every man in particular needs to be aware of, like winning, like accomplishing a, a meaningful challenge, even if it's kind of arbitrary. Is, is not only, I mean, it feels good, but it feels good because it has a very positive effect on your hormones. Like you actually start to produce more testosterone and you develop more androgen receptors and you obviously create dopamine where everyone's aware of that part. Um, and it's just good for your brain and people who consistently take on and accomplish challenges, they're building, they're actually, I mean, in a sense, becoming more manly or more masculine in an in authentic and natural way. Um, because they're actually developing uh, more angina receptors in their nervous system. Um, but relating to that is like the second piece in, in, in addition to welcoming the void is practicing desire. I just had a call with a guy who's in a similar situation. Um, you know, not really sure what to do. He has like these big desires and like a lot of the things, the only things he, he was clear about were kind of basic things like things he wants to buy and things he wants to check out. And he's like, I know these are superficial. They don't matter. And like, I was like, no, no, they matter. It's like desire is a muscle. It's in, in, in the, the more you practice it, the more like the clearer the signal becomes. Um. So, you know, like when I started in this, like when I was 23, I was so lost in my life. This is before I, if you caught the sex cult stuff, this is the time that I ended up joining the sex cult. But like some of the best advice I got from one my, of my coaches back then was like, Uh, to practice my moment-to-moment sensory desire, as simple as I want a glass of water right now. Now I want a sandwich. Now I want to look at those boobs. Now I want to, like, like, down to, like, the most simplistic level because the more you validate those little desires, the clearer uh, your desire is. Like, like, another way I frame this is, like, your instincts are like this animal inside of you. Like, if you think about your brain, like, your reptilian nervous system is so-called because it's not that different than what's in a reptile's body. It's, it's, it's simple. It knows pleasure. It knows pain. Um, it is, and, and when you discount the signals that it gives you when it comes to hunger or thirst or interest, and even if it's basic or superficial or it's even ego-driven, if, if you constantly discount those impulses, that animal starts to starve and, like, get quieter and quieter and maybe pervert and make you do weird stuff. Like, you know, the guy who suppresses his sexuality for years ends up with, like, some weird fetish that it's destructive and shameful or whatever you know we've all heard stuff like this um whereas if you validate those little desires even if something as simple as like I want to buy a new car or, I want to it's not that you have to act on every single thing or I want to motorboat her or even even something that's embarrassing to admit if you at least validate it to yourself it's like you're feeding that animal inside of you and it becomes stronger it becomes clearer it starts to like you know you take it out of the cage it's no longer perverse it can like stretch his legs and stuff and that in itself gives you better um, better quality information. It's like the signal of desire becomes clearer. And from that, like cultivating that within yourself is where you get the idea of, oh, I want to move here and do this. And it starts to feel clear. Because like, um, like the guy I was speaking with, um, his he was like, I kind of know what I want, but I don't feel that conviction. And I hear that a lot. It's like, yeah, I'm kind of interested in copywriting. I might want to pursue it, but I don't feel like I'm fully in. And it's like, yeah, I kind of like traveling, or I kind of like this kind of work, or I kind of like, it's like, you know, you, it, that signal is going to be unclear until you commit to things. As you take action, it's like you're feeding that animal, and the animal is just like going to drive you. It's like, when it gets, we all want to feel that experience, especially as men, we want to experience that, that feeling where your passion, your your inner instincts are just pulling you towards that thing. You almost don't have a choice in it. It's more like your only choice is like how you're going to, how you're going to ride the beast, instead of like caging, and caging the little animal. Anyway. Um, So that's that on life direction. And I actually did want to throw life direction in, even though I think for the rest of this talk I'm going to be speaking about the sexual issues, is because they kind of do relate um, in the sense of conviction. And this relates particularly to the the sexual escalation piece which someone asked about in the group. So um, I want to go into the psychogenic issues first because I I got a couple questions about premature ejaculation. Let me just uh, make sure I don't. Mix, mix things too much, escalation, and then archetypes. Okay. Um, all right, so I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch gears, and then I'm gonna tie this back up in a second. Um, so uh, with premature ejaculation, uh, assuming it's psychogenic, right? Like uh, you've seen a urologist, you're not, you know, that's, it's rare that a guy has like a an actual problem with his plumbing and that's what's causing the premature ejaculation obviously that does happen that's not what i'm referring to that's that's the realm of u- urologist or something um when a guy is like const is, is uh, repeatedly having an issue uh and we know it's mental there's some things that i'll share that uh, are useful so the thing main, main thing to understand is that if this is something that happens over and over again if this is this like a response and i think a lot of guys like they're fine when it comes to oral or being touched or like there's some Point where things break down like for me um you know I, I say some people run hot some people run cold i was like running on the cold end so like when i was having a psychogenic issue it came in the form of um, not getting it up other guys maybe run too hot and it cut you know their arousal spikes too quickly and like those two things are actually not different that they're both uh and a lot of guys uh, actually find that they'll have both erection issues and premature ejaculation it's like they can't get hard can't get hard can't go hard, can't get hard and then they come too fast like all of that shows that your sympathetic nervous system, your fight or flight, is active. And a lot of men have associations between intercourse and um, and, and, uh, and a stress response. It might have been something that happened in your first sexual experience. It might be shame. It might be discomfort with expressing your desire, which relates to the earlier part. I'm going to tie this up later, though. Um, some things that... There's obviously physical things that help, uh, like... Um, I mean, all all the physical stuff I share in the arousal control course, the free stuff is at arousalcontrolsecrets.com. I'm not going to repeat that because it's already available for free. But some of the other mental things is that a lot of men, the hardest time to not come too soon is when you start to feel a woman's arousal. And again, this relates to the life direction in terms of the solidity of being a man. It's not about, um, it's not, I think a lot of guys, when they have a psychogenic issue, I'll just focus on the premature ejaculation. They're like, Oh, I need to last longer yes it might that might that's part of it and like the physical stuff you should you know practice your embodiment and learn arousal control and stuff but a lot of times it's um, going too much on her ride it's like a guy can can't not always but very often the guy can't handle feeling her arousal so that as soon as he starts to sympathetically feel her um, her arousal meaning like he can start to feel it in his body he immediately comes one of the reasons I think uh, this has become more common issues that, again, so many guys spend so much time jerking off to porn before they actually spend time with real women. And like, you know, porn trains you to get turned on by something outside of you. So like that, and like, there's no reason to not, um, you know, like, you're not really with a real person. So like, when they're with a real person, they're feeling her arousal, they just can't handle it. It's like, they they come immediately. Um, another, Another piece of evidence for that is like, the type of guys who, and I hear this from guys who don't necessarily say, they, oh, I have premature ejaculation issues, but it's like um, the hardest time to not come is right when she's about to come. And I've heard this from a, a lot of guys, in, especially guys in relationships where they really want to please their partner and they're really good dudes and empathetic and, and well-meaning. Uh, I, I had this one buddy who it actually cost him his relationship where every time she was close to coming, he would immediately nut. Like he just couldn't help it it's like I, I just i can't and you know there's obviously physical things but the, what that's a sign of in in uh in some sense is that he's going on her ride too much in the sense of like you know our emotional states uh tend to mirror each other like if you're connecting with someone your emotions are gonna uh become very similar you know we have heard this before and in, in different forms it's something we actually speak about and there again the archetype class a lot. I'm just mentioning this because I have like full-on lessons on it of like limbic dominance and how our limbic systems are meant to feel each other's emotions. And and this is basically a question of limbic dominance. Like if, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a non-sexual example for a second. Um, if you're with a woman and she's having like this emotional outburst because uh, she, let's say it's that time of the month or whatever it is, she's emotional, women are emotional creatures. It's, it's great in many forms and it's not great in some forms. If a, the worst thing a guy can do is to jump onto her reality. Like if she's in the reality of like, this is a huge crisis. The, the, the world is terrible. Like, you know, whatever, whatever, the, whatever the, the, the delusion is. And I don't, I don't mean delusion in the judgmental way, but like she's just in a different subjective reality. The worst thing a guy can do is to jump onto that and be like, Oh yeah, this is crazy or that what your friend said or this thing or whatever, like, Oh, you know, um, That's like the, the thing a man should do in such a situation if he wants to be there for her is to not go on her ride, is to not, you know, not invalidate her reality, but hold true and like be more grounded in the reality that things are actually okay. We are safe. We are secure. and Just holding that down. Like you don't have to do anything else. You don't have to fix her problem because her problem might not even be real. And often the problem is just she needs to be heard and felt and have a secure place to, to to land on like if you need to be you need to be the planet with the greater gravity so that she can call come back into your orbit where it's safe and secure and stuff if you go on her ride then you're both groundless and you're both flying in space and like obviously both people are going to have this uh, trouble i know this might be hard to understand like what this has to do with premature ejaculation or sex but for in the example where you're constantly coming because you feel her arousal uh that is a in in a sense you not you not having the stronger gravity and like there's, yes, there's physical aspects to it and the physical aspects are important, but if that's specifically what happens, uh, you're not, you're not like the stronger planet, if you will, or the the, the higher gravity planet. Um, I actually think this is part of why like women are so, it's like so important to so many women on a physical level to be with like a physically bigger guy. Like it's again, that feeling of security that she can land on you land in you with you, whatever, however you want to put it. Um, because actually like the feeling that, that when you feel her arousal spike, your arousal goes up, that's actually a beautiful thing. That is like physical empathy. You know, it's, it's, um, you know, it's great. Like, I know you you should be able to feel in your body when she's about to come. That actually means that you are, you are, um, you are connected and like you're, you know, synergizing and like, maybe you guys will come more, more likely at the same time. But if you, I mean, just because of male, female anatomy, uh, making sure that she has her pleasure too, but also just like having the control to be like, I can be with her while her arousal is spiking. I can empathize with her, but it's not going to cause me to go over too. Other than the, again, other than the physical arousal control principles, the emotional side of that is having a stronger grasp on reality. And um, it does actually relate to the two things you mentioned about life direction, which is being able to welcome and like, welcome what is in front of you experience of a woman having whatever her experience is and not trying to fix it or be worried about it and just having that you know just being willing to be there and then also you know um being able to stand for what your reality is i mean in life it's like we're talking about desires but in in the in the bedroom it's like okay my reality is that i'm remaining stable and secure while i am the ground for her to have this experience um Yeah, I think, yeah, anything else I have to say would be on the physical level, like breathing techniques, grounding techniques. Again, that's all at arousalcontrolsecrets.com, so I'm not going to repeat that. Um, <clears throat> another related topic, we're kind of, you know, progressing along. Um, someone asked about escalating, he didn't use the words escalation, but um, in communication with a woman going from non-sexual I think use the word sensual, non-sensual interaction to sensual interaction. Basically, crossing that barrier or breaking that seal from platonic into sexual. And um, I actually think that to begin with, having that frame of like uh, sensual versus non-sensual, or you know, whatever that sexuality piece, like thinking of it as like a thing to overcome or a barrier, is, is not the best way to go into the interaction in the first place because. Let's be real. For most straight guys, you know, I'd say most men. This goes for for gay men as well. Uh, you know, if you see someone and you're attracted, it's not like you need to be convinced to see them sexually. You know, I think most women can be different. It depends. You know, or like you know, oh, you'll hear from women a lot, it's like, "Oh yeah, I didn't think he was that good looking, but then we started speaking, and like now I think he's super hot." Like you'll hear that. You don't hear that from men very often. Like let's be honest, right? So. Um, if if uh, if you've had an ongoing interaction with a woman and the feeling between you is non-sexual but you want it to be sexual, chances are you weren't being being authentic from the beginning in some form. It doesn't mean that you are overtly sexual on a first interactions with every woman, but there has to be a feeling of sexuality because if you've gotten into the point that we commonly refer to as the friend zone, there was some in- inauthenticity around that. It could have been because you. Um, we're afraid she was going to reject you if you were real. Um, it could have been uh, just shame around expressing sexuality. Um, that, so, to, to troubleshoot for your future, being able to authentically express your desire. Because, like, one thing the one technique from the pickup community, the one acronym, which I think is the most important thing that the most, the, the one thing that maybe is, is useful and I, I still use the, the terminology is the SOI, the statement of intent. Um, if you're in an interaction with a woman and you are interested in her sexually and you haven't, and it's like clear that that, or it's becoming clear if if you can, because you can feel at that point where like, if we go, if we keep uh, communicating platonically past this point, it's probably going to be friend zone territory. You have to make what's called the statement of intent that was coined in the pickup community, which is, you basically make it explicit. It could be something as I like you or I'm into you, or it could could be more subtle, like um, you say something that a platonic friend wouldn't say, I think you're beautiful or whatever, like whatever's true, again, you know, it's important to be genuine with this stuff. Um, but uh if if it's not clear, if if it hasn't, if it's it feels not sexual if it feels platonic and that's not the direction you want to go, it doesn't hurt to be explicit because at least you'll you'll change gears. Will that expose you to rejection? Of course, the possibility of rejection. But like again, going back to the life direction thing, there's there's a sexual analogy for life or back you know I said that backwards but whatever um uh, there is nothing worth having where that you can't where there's no possibility of losing and maybe that's not true on a spiritual level but we are talking about material stuff like anything worth uh, pursuing um is going to expose you to risk and like you know if, if it's something that would feel good to to have or or do or be or accomplish uh, then obviously not having it is going to have some negative feeling I mean I'm referring to winning and losing again, like the winner effect. There's also the loser effect, whereas if you fail something that was meaningful to you, uh, it actually it actually drops your, your testosterone uh, levels. I mean, like the thing, I've shared this in an article a while ago, like uh, the famous experiment, I think it was during a, a FIFA World Cup uh, match, like they, they tested the the saliva, the, the testosterone via saliva between the two fans, and the fans. We're not, we're not even talking um, the players, the fans, and the fans of the losing teams. Testosterone actually dropped, which is why you know maybe for non-sports fans it seems silly to people like why, why men specifically get so emotionally driven. Like there's, there's all these instinctual roots of like winning and losing uh, having effects. Anyway. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, exposing yourself to risk. I mean, I know this sounds maybe basic of like being willing to be rejected, but if you've gotten to the point, if, if you want to, you know, go into the realm of sexuality or sensuality, you have to be able to put yourself out there. I do want to be more specific though um, with more actionable things, but that those are the principles that, that matter. Um, uh, but again, the, the most important thing is being willing to be seen because uh, a lot of it is a uh, validating your own truth of of desire and you know if you've gotten to the point where it seems like there's a barrier between sensuality you've probably missed something earlier and if it i mean it doesn't hurt to be explicit like you know, especially you know at at different times in in human history it might have been seen as a really negative to to ask or speak and you know um i think in the post me too era it doesn't hurt to explicitly say something for like the first time Uh, thing and it's not it's not necessarily about asking I think a lot of guys have this idea that it's like beta to ask Uh, it depends if you say it immediately but like but just to be safe a lot of times I think the most the most key phrase for men to practice their whether it's in sex or in life again tying the two things together is the 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 phrase I want blank you know something is like I want something as simple as I want to kiss you It's something I've said, you know, it's it's not asking, but it's declaring something before I put myself into a a situation. It's something I'll say when I'm unsure of the situation. It doesn't hurt to practice putting your desire into words if you think that your physical escalation is something that might cause some big negative thing. Um, Yeah. Take a sec because I want to make sure I didn't miss anything. You know, I'm going back and forth between the sex and life stuff. If you have any questions, feel free to plug them in. It's funny i wanted to i mean my last couple lives have gone really long i think last week went like two two hours uh, so i wanted to make sure i didn't i didn't ramble too much and i've kind of gone through everything uh, i initially planned on quicker than um let's see the sexual escalation yeah okay uh I guess I'm going to go into the last question that we had um, by a couple people. All right, this is something that actually has come up for me, which is that taboo archetypes and sexual relating. Uh, something has come up, wait, where did, where did my window go? Uh, something that's come up for me, um, actually, in, in my in my relationship, it's just that, uh, you know, I just got, actually, I could see, Ohm is, is, I don't know if you're on right now. What's up, Ohm? see if i can wave hi to you um so like ds domination submission is something that's been very beneficial to my sex life but also just developing myself and something i've noticed and i've, I've seen this you know a lot of guys have shared something like this where it's very easy to access your your dark dominant archetype with a woman that you're seeing casually like you know uh someone who's you're just a play partner or just uh whatever um but when it comes to um being with someone that you actually care about it can be a little more challenging I and mean, you could refer to this as the madonna horror complex it's like when you see someone is like someone you you love and are intimate with and soft with some like i've experienced this myself like it's kind of hard to access like the part of me that can tire up and dominate her and stuff and this is and it, it sucks because like i don't want to bring things to my less important relationships that i can't bring to my more important relationship um but it's been a challenge because like it's kind of a different role and i think I'll, i mean i'm speaking for myself but i think it's true for a lot of men that uh you know um that 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 there's something sexually in that dynamic of like i'm just gonna say it the way it is which is like defiling someone or like you know completely controlling someone like you know we, we call it dom space sometimes and i i it's something that i i'll get really charged up about like You know, uh, even like the feeling of violation, obviously consent is expressed beforehand or somehow in another way um, known, but like, you know, going to those places can be really a turn on, Um, but it's kind of hard when you're with someone that you also hold hands with and, and, you know, uh, have like those soft moments and I, one thing that's helped me i'm going to try to be as specific as i can but we're you know we're talking about stuff that's kind of vague like you know the archetypes like this i this like you know rape and pillaging aspect which uh, which i like when it comes out in 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 bed um one thing that's helped me is actually you know I, i've heard this from guys who know many different languages is that when you speak in a different language you you almost have a different personality like you know i don't want to go out too deep onto this tangent but lot of our personality I mean, I spoke about this a lot in the cult videos a lot of our personality is based on um our environment and it's not like who we are is not this static thing which is why I get so I get so driven up the wall about when people speak about identity politics and this stuff it's like who you like our identities is not this static thing it's like very much a response to the environment and even even going back to I don't want to go on another tangent I'll just leave at that so like a lot of people who I know who speak multiple languages fluently will say like oh yeah I have a personality in German and I have a personality in French and I have a personality in English and they're all they're all me but they're all different expressions of me. And um one thing that's helped me recently in bringing like the dark stuff in like my soft loving relationship is taking on this idea that I am playing a different personality like almost speaking a different language and like the little triggers that have helped have been like actually saying different words in my head and viewing her as a different person than she is to me normally. Because it's not like we're always going to have rough, dom- dominant, you know, sex slave stuff. But because um, I'll notice, and you know, again, the, the reason why I wanted to do all these kind of disparate topics together is I do think there's a lot of analogies. I'm um, going back to the premature ejaculation, having the stronger reality. In, in times where I've, again, I'm speaking for myself, when I've had psychogenic issues, and I've been in my head, it's because I've seen her in the wrong role. I've seen her as this person's, uh, person whose affection I needed to win, um, or, uh, or something like this person I needed to please, you know, th- these are in itself, you know, archetypal connections, as opposed to this person who I own, for the duration of this scene, or this, this sexual experience, this person who's my slave, this person who is completely surrendered to me. And just being able to be willing to think of someone in a different way. I mean, this is basically what actors do on, on a stage. Like, you know, they, it's not like they forget who they are, but they are playing a different role. And that's the thing I've been able to bring. And remember, I think the greater lesson in all of this is remembering that your your express, expressions of you are fluid. You know, our, our identities, our, our perceptions, like who we are changes from person to person, relationship to relationship. In, in a sexual setting for most men who are more natural in a dominance role, um, who want to take charge of their lives, who want to have the stronger gravity and not come too soon, all these things they tie together is like being able to play up your your king role of like, this is, you you take ownership of the space because um, that is the, the root of all of this. Cool, all right, I jumped around a lot today. Um, might have been because I just got off a coaching call. I don't know. But I quickly hit all the different topics that were requested. Let's see. Let me think for a second. Is anything that I want to say about these things that I missed? All right. I think that's it. Um, yeah, same time next week. Um, I'm just going to give you guys a minute if you have any questions, but otherwise, I'll be on the same time next week. Feel free to punch into the Masculine Underground Facebook group if there's any topics you want to you want me to speak on. If it's something that you're really embarrassed to ask about, you can private message me, but um, most of these things apply to many men, so I'd, I'd like to, you know, I think it's great to discuss things more openly. Um any announcements? I feel like I should have announcements. I've been doing this thing. Actually, I do want to speak about this last thing just about my life. I've been doing this thing where I've been. So far, it's like five days in a row. I've been waking up at five a.m. Right now, it's uh, nine thirty a.m. for me. Um, it's been really awesome um, because it's forced me to say no to certain activities, especially social things that I'm not that into. Um, and uh, although it has been, it, I I am a little. I feel, yeah, anyway, I'm just going to leave it at that. It's been very beneficial to me. And uh, I kind of recommend it. Actually, I was trying to think, you know, one of the one of the hard parts about waking up, other than, you know, just saying, you know, accepting your alarm clock is, uh, you know, it does cut you off. Most people don't wake up at 5 a.m. Most people don't go to bed at 10 p.m. Um, syncing up with the rest of the world uh, is challenging. I, I'm grateful that my, my girlfriend's supportive of me getting up way earlier and um, going to sleep way before her Um, but I was actually thinking it would be great if there was a group of people doing it so you didn't feel alone I don't know I I, random ideas but I invite other people to wake up we're all into different time zones so that might not make sense anyway Um, all right cool see you next week